turtle. Oh, that's awesome. You know, is that why you like turtles so much? Do they have the I word have, turd in them? I have this because I like turtles. No, I had a pet turtle growing up when I was really little. Okay. I just like them a lot. You know, I like some of the cultural mysticism around turtles. I think you can Mm -hmm. create some good metaphors with turtles. They're cute. They're smelly. They're they're cute. They're cute. All of that. Yeah. So so your favorite kaiju is Gamera. Gamera. Um, no, no. Kaiju are very cool. There are some much cooler kaiju than him, but he is cool. But I mean, like Ghidorah. Mecha Godzilla, Godzilla, yeah. Mothra. The camera can can like fly and spin somehow. <laughs> presents a perfectly acceptable podcast hosted luck, by Andrew. the comics place this is a comic book podcast it is hosted by three people who a love each other and b love comic books for those two reasons we gather weekly to discuss the offerings that that week had from one of our favorite mediums and also rub each other's bellies and we don't talk about it as much these days but to drip melting ice cream on roman's mat of chat chest hair I mm-hmm. am always am Jeff. I'm often Django. I'm occasionally Roman. Always yeah. covered in ice cream. Always covered. Yeah. Django, we cheated on some people this week. Oh my God. With our podcasting we community. We did. We should probably have told Roman before we started recording. Yes. Um, we'll come back to that little bit of cheaterdom in a second, but we're going to do the something finger. that we do every week, <laughs> eh, almost every week. And we are going to listen to a nice voicemail from our good friend, William Elmer, a sweet man. Let's see what he has to say this week. Will, thank you for sending this in. I'm excited to be at your house tomorrow Eve for Christmas. Hello and happy episode 337. Tis the season, my friends. I know you're doing your last show right before taking a nice holiday break. And uh, for book club yesterday, we read Batman Noel, which was a Batman story. Um... You know, basically uh, a Christmas carol told as a Batman story. Um, we had a lot of different opinions on it, but it did lead me to my question for you guys. What's your favorite, um, you know, classic Christmas story adaptation, whether it's a TV show, a comic book, a movie? Maybe I've asked a question about this, but I don't, I honestly can't remember if I ever have, but I'm also just kind of curious what's your guys' favorite Christmas movie? Um, I think mine might be Scrooged, uh, but A Christmas Story is just an absolute classic. Turn up. Love you guys. Happy holidays. Awesome. awesome. <laughs> um, that was wonderful. Django, do you, do you have a favorite Christmas story adaptation? And do you have a favorite Christmas movie? I, I mean, I don't think you're going to be super surprised when I say I, nothing really jumps to mind. I... When he started asking the question, Scrooge jumped to mind because um, I really liked that when I was a kid. Um, in the last year, I've watched two things that people consider Christmas movies that I had never seen all the way through before, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched A Christmas Story mm-hmm. last year, and I thought that was pretty good. And I watched uh, last night, I went to the movie theater and I watched Die Hard for the first time. Oh, I've never seen that either. It's good. Is it? It's nice. Good. Yeah. Yeah, I can I can see why it's so many people's favorite thing. Yeah. Um, and I like I'd probably seen big chunks of it before, but I'd never seen the whole thing. I just don't really get off on Christmas stuff. Yeah. Like yeah. it's it it does not add for me. I did also enjoy Silent Night um yeah, the that's... other day with Joel, whatever his last name is. Yeah. Just, it, it's a totally her. silent yeah, film. Yeah. It, there's no speaking throughout. The the one where Santa's the guy from Stranger Things? No. That's a different one. Okay. It's that's like Santa Santa beats up the world or something, isn't it? Silent Night is the one where the guy gets shot in the throat in a drive-by that also kills his kid. Whoa, I mean I don't know. Goes on like a John Wick rampage, but because he's been shot in the throat, he can't talk. 
and they just like they cut away and show you people talking through a screen or through through the window or whatever. But I think there's maybe four words in the whole movie and they're on the radio. The one that I'm thinking of is called Violent Night. Ah, that was that was pretty good too, I think. Um I I've got some pretty cliched answers here. I think my favorite Christmas movie that doubles as an adaptation was Muppets Christmas Carol. It's a it's a wonderful knife. Oh, Muppets Christmas Carol. Okay. It's a wonderful knife was fun. Okay. Um and yeah, that and It's a Wonderful Life are my favorite Christmas movies to watch. Roman introduced me to It's a Wonderful Life and the first time I saw it was with Roman and Ashton and Sam in a movie theater on Christmas Eve. And it's one of my favorite Christmas memories I've had. And we've recreated that to the best of our ability over the last five or six years. And I adore it. Um, And there's also It's a Wonderful Life episode of The Rugrats that's good. Roman, favorite (laughs) Christmas movie and Christmas adaptation? I think Batman Noel is also a pretty good book, but I read it when it came out, which is before I even worked at the comic shop. So it's worth a reread for me. I I don't remember it, but I remember liking it. Yeah, Yeah, I don't remember it very well, but yeah. I like the art. Um, God, you know, one of my favorites uh, in comics was that, uh, wasn't it Frank Miller did a Batman Santa story back in mm-hmm. the 80s? I don't remember what it's called, huh. but I didn't know about that. I just it remember called the Silent Night. So, yeah, it probably is. Huh. Yeah. Um, all I remember is the art and certain panels. <laughs> um, it's awesome. Yeah. Like you said, it's a wonderful life. Probably definitely one of my favorites Christmas story, um, shop around the corner. Miracle on 34th Street. Yeah, they're all pretty cliched ones. The original Miracle on 34th Street. Uh, Django, is it the complete Frank Miller Batman hardcover? Does it have it in there? Yeah, the the leather. Oh, nice. Nice. It's it's called Wanted Santa Claus, Dead or Alive. Oh, Oh, man. (laughs) It's got that great pulpy title. Yeah. Django, you got to loan me your copy of that hardcover so I can read it. Yeah, we might have one in the shop too, but oh, yeah, you cool. can you can totally borrow this. I guess I should consult my stack of Christmas issues yeah. I've unintentionally acquired to see if it's in there as well. When I was a kid, I used to love getting a Marvel their Treasury editions. They'd usually do, you know, what? And I don't remember any specific stories right now, but I just love the covers because, you know, like one of them, the Hulk's and it's got a Santa hat and a great big bag of toys and stuff, and you know looks all goofy yet there's that one that jeff's holding up right now for us um there's one where uh, i think it was dc where uh oh no i was thinking there was a dc one where superman's pulling the sleigh but that looks like yeah that's marvel oh yep yeah, there we go yeah luke cage decorating the tree oh yeah i remember the rudolph yep. yeah they did a couple of rudolphs didn't they yeah do you have rudolph's them all jeff? Fun. i mean i have a bunch wow. of them we should find out if you have them all because you shouldn't collect a thing unless you want to collect it all it's called you don't collect something to have some of it Yep, absolute. <laughs> There's the one I was thinking yep. of, Superman holding up the sleigh. Nice. Yeah. yeah, I actually might give some of those Rudolph ones to my nephew, who's currently very into Rudolph. And uh, unless... he's going to need them all, too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Django, you're a gift in and of yourself. <laughs> oh, guys, let's talk comics in a more detailed and structured fashion, eh? Okay, yeah. Um, I feel like there's, you know... Some number ones that came out, but I feel like the thing that we got to talk about is Danger Street number 12, uh, the year-long journey that we've been on with Tom King and Jorge Fornes, uh, Danger Street, covering 12 characters, most of whom I did not know at all, and the ones I knew the best, not very well. Um, This has been such an interesting ride, and I would say it took four issues for me to even kind of understand at all even what the structure of the story was or not being confused as dr fate's helmet was talking at me or something but um this this series is over tom king has this ability to write these amazing series i think in the past he's got kind of a hit and miss relationship with endings specifically Mm -hmm. and i'm i'm excited to see how everyone felt about the end of this miniseries well First of all, I don't want to. I don't want to start um, by correcting you in public, Jeff. But mm. There's 26 major characters on the cover of this final issue. Oh wow, good call, good call. 26 right. characters, and he figured out how to make a comic that was pretty freaking solid. Every one of them had a personality, except who's the person opposite Darkseid? Uh, above right, Manhunter. Atlas? Oh, it's probably Atlas because he was holding up the sky. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. This this issue specifically kind of hit a really interesting tone of absurdist comic book 
and very serious real life consequences for things. And I, I thought that was really nice because like at first it was just confusing. Like it, it took four or five issues for yeah. all of us to, I think, really be like, OK, now I understand what the shape of this thing is. I couldn't even understand the language because like the yeah. names were words. The names are words. Yeah. But like right out of the gate here, uh, Metamorpho's crystal hand just jumps up and starts walking out of the airplane like it from the Adams family, <laughs> but with a whole arm. And uh yeah, like that that set a really bizarre tone for an issue that was following up on a kitchen full of people that we like who were dead. Yeah. I it's just astounding to me the amount of character work that he did in this book. Mm -hmm. Every one of these characters ended somewhere different than where they were and felt satisfying as a reader to have been a part of this very large cast. And it wasn't even like your standard like Game of Thrones or leviathan's wake or something where you spend an episode with a person or a chapter with a person like this has right. all of them at once uh i don't know i don't know that the stakes of the sky falling and exactly what that means were ever super super clear um in the way that there was like the gravity of this new god problem happening but there always was a sense of urgency with kind of resolving things with these characters but i guess that would be my one of Maybe my only, you know, I don't even know if it's a complaint, but like it just, it was a character story to the point where like, I didn't even necessarily, and this, I was like, okay, cool. We're kind of saying the sky is like, you know, the new, the heavens are falling on earth because Atlas is no longer there to be doing his thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that a few issues ago when they had uh, High Father and Dark Side sort of reconcile and give each yeah. other a hug or whatever, like that told me that everything is bad yeah like I, I don't need much more detail than that i but i know for a yeah. fact that is bad yeah i knew, knew things were bad i just didn't necessarily know kind of like final crisis i wasn't able to say like all right this is happening and then this is gonna happen mm -hmm. but whatever mm -hmm. roman the creeper had some good moments in this we got a 12 issue mini series with the creeper done i think right how do you feel about his representation in here i guess he's maybe a little bit more uh malevolent than you would like um the actual creeper stuff, I was a little disappointed in because yeah. he never he never does anything crazy or or creepy, and he doesn't you know he's not like wall crawling and doing jumping around like Nightcrawler and doing his crazy laugh. So I was I thought he was a little boring in this, but it is Black Label, um, so he's not the usual creeper. <laughs> I I really liked how the Dingbats end up you know taking the place of Atlas metaphorically or literally or whatever. What an awesome. Um, moment that was and just like these buddies putting buddy friendship above all else yeah yeah and i liked that uh the outsiders are are cured of their conditions and end up becoming replacing the, the, the dingbats on danger street <laughs> um it was nice everybody had a had some kind of happy ending and the evil rich little bastard went to jail um, yeah it was so awesome watching him crumble yeah i was a little surprised that the ending of the entire series was just Basically, there are stories and princesses and myths and and sometimes live happily ever at people. The characters live happy ever after. And I thought, oh, well, that's cool. But I also felt a little like, oh, that's it. Right. <laughs> I, was... <laughs> I, I loved that Lady Cop like tried to arrest them all, you know, after that resolution. I just like that was such a good moment of kind of putting a bow on her character of her priorities and everything. That was that was really good. Do you guys think yeah. that Matt Kent has ever gone in cosplay as uh, Warlock, Warlord? No, I've only now is the first time I've ever realized how similar they look. You're right. Do, do they look similar? Right? Yeah. yeah. What was the deal with uh, how come halfway through the story? Why was Fate's helmet all um, like looks like Munched it's turned up. to stone or something? Yeah. But then at the end of the story, it's, it's been narrating this issue the entire 12 issues. And at the end of the story, it's fine. Well, yeah. And I interpreted that as that final thing is the final panel with it. He's looking sharp. Like it has been in terms of the narration bubbles, the entire mm -hmm. series. Like when he starts and ends each issue, he looks new and fresh. But what I wanted to do was check to see if in the last couple of issues itself, has he looked, has the helmet looked dingy like this, like are in the pages of the comic book within the story. Is it munched up? Whereas when it's the narrator helmet, it looks like mm -hmm. the eternal helmet maybe. I can't yeah, remember behind... clearly, but maybe we haven't seen it in a few issues. Oh, yeah. Like be... she goes to pick it up somewhere. Like but it's, it's in been a sack. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're I right. don't know. I can't, I can't remember. 
yeah. and it is at at the final panel that there is I assume that's Naboo behind him because he's the one that takes the helmet from Lady Cop in the middle of the issue. Yeah, I like that, like visited by a god at the end. I like also on that final page uh, when it, you see the boys, you only see kind of zoomed in on their faces as they're hanging out with the one who's holding the sky up. But like, it's just like a Kirby background behind them. Yeah, like, You can tell they're in some Kirby land on the final Yeah, page. they're near the source wall or something. Exactly, yeah. 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 Yeah, it's not without its shortcomings, but I just adore it. Um, you know, this and like Rorschach, like just wonderful self-contained stories that have a beginning, middle and end and an arc and are inspired by superheroes, but don't necessarily need to be affected. I don't know. I, I really liked this journey once I got comfortable in the car. I think one of its shortcomings could be that we read it as it was coming out. Yep. And I think that's always of Tom King. Uh, one thing that I also loved is the issue, I think two or three issues ago with the two assassins, which was maybe my favorite issue of the series and one of my favorite yeah. issues that year. Yeah. Um, I love that the finding of those bodies is what kind of caused everything to fall apart for the rich people. Right. You know, yeah. they mentioned, yeah, I was like, oh, that's, that's awesome that those bodies staying out there like that. You know, everything was in its right place. And that's just, he's so good at that. Well, yeah, I think if you diagram this book, it's going to be a lot of full circles and progression at the same time. Yeah, yeah. And you're right. That's a good way of describing his whole his whole shtick. Did anybody make it through this this week? The Where did, the Body Was by Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips? That was a great nope. segue, Jeff. Not to do a callback to the time that we cheated on Roman. but oh, uh, That's what I was doing here, yeah. Did, did we want to uh, give scores to uh, <sighs> Danger Street? I'm bad at this, you guys. Um, You're just excited about comics, buddy. Let's see here. I give, I give this it final. Eight. Okay, yeah. I'm going to give it a nine. Um, give it a nine, too. Yeah. And I'm going to give it as a whole. I think I'm going to give it a nine. That's what I did also. What do you What do you have for a, for a full series score, Roman? Full series? Full series score? Uh, nine and a half, I think. Yeah, nice. there were issues like you had multiple tens yeah. in that series. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm excited to put that gorgeous deluxe Tom King hardcover on my bookshelf with all the other ones of his. It's mm -hmm. a total shame that he doesn't have absolute editions, though. Mm. Um, so Django, since I've only read half of it and Roman hasn't read it, uh, what I was prompting was where the body was by Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips. Uh, this is a new hardcover series or new, sorry, not series book that came out. It follows Night Fever by these two, which was the first uh, story to come out in this little reckless hiatus that they're doing. There um, wasn't a reckless in between those two. I guess there wouldn't have been. Wow. I might be. I might I have think mistaken, there was. but OK, you might you may very well be right, because, yeah, I guess Night Fever was several months after Comics Pro and huh. it don't matter. Yeah. I could be right. I could be wrong. But it continues this uh, standalone series thing that they've been doing. And I prefer this form to the Reckless hardcovers, which are also fantastic. But I but really cereal? liked Night Fever. And I really like this one so far. Django, given that Roman and I are both going to finish this at some point, and the listeners probably haven't had a chance to read this full hardcover in like three days or so, because it's also one of the longer ones they've done. Yeah. Uh, what do you want to tell us about this? Have you even gotten to the body? No. Okay. Um, I want to tell you that it's good. It's one of the, the more naked and more uh, visceral um, sex books that these guys have done, which mm -hmm. is um, only notable because it's like it threw me a couple of times. There's some there's some shots straight out of a porno, but um, other than that, it is just, was just one of their best. I mean, everything they do is one of their best things, man. Like he's Brubaker does this thing where he experiments with either a form or a format and he does it subtly. And what he's doing here feels kind of like, uh, I don't know, like a, like a Coen brothers movie where there's too many it's, characters and they all just kind of eventually fall into place and a thing happens. Coen brothers is, is the vibe I was getting. That's a Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's just really well done. I mean, the, the, the mystery that is set up in this is not super important. In fact, reading it, I, I don't even know that you get the sense that there is a mystery. You're just curious about all these people, which is really cool. Yep. And uh, 
he's doing a thing here where it's people doing the thing, acting out the scene, and then also narration telling us about the scene. But then every once in a while, you get one of the characters just looking at you and telling you what's going on. And uh, it's it's really well done. Um, it doesn't feel like most comics. And the, the the pacing, like I sat down to read 10 pages of it tonight and I read the whole thing. So that was um, me too. I was like, I'm just going to start this. And I was like, I'm halfway through and it's midnight and I have to work in the morning. So yeah. Yeah. So, you know, like I, I'm going to give it a nine and a half. These, these guys just know what the fuck they're doing. It's definitely for grownups, but um, only because you can kind of hear the sex noises through the panels when you're looking at them. That's the ones uh, I'm going to give a nine to what I've read so far. Uh, I love it. It's right there with night fever for me. Yeah. 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 Um, in fact, I'm going to order more while I'm thinking about it. Uh, Sean did today. Oh. He ordered 10 more, I believe, inside okay. baseball. I'm not sure. Okay. Maybe check CSA, but he told uh, me I, he did. I'll, today. I'll check Lunar instead because it's yeah. not in CSA. Nice. Um, Roman, will you take me somewhere? What was something that churned your butter this week? Oh, what? Django, <laughs> uncork. Um, sorry, I just finished where the body was. Mm. I've got butter churning on my mind. I had to get uh, I had to get through those naked parts in there. I love sex in a comic. <laughs> it, it's good. Yeah, uh, just a little bit jarring. Um, I don't know. I'm still trying to go through my stack thinking that for me it was a not a very good week of comics. Um uh, what's something that I liked? Well, you know, I would hope I, that you just know what you like, Roman. Yeah, I mean I, it was all Marvel, you know, latest yeah. Immortal Thor was good. Um, I'm behind on Immortal Thor, and I'm worried I'm not going to catch up, Roman. How behind are you? I don't think I've read anything past two. Oh, my gosh. Well, that's only... And this is five? Yeah, it's only three more issues. They're burly issues. Yeah, well, I liked yeah, number two a... more than number one, so has it stayed yeah. good? What is going on in this? Yeah, they're they're a quick read. Um, they're still dealing with the... Uh, what's his name? Thor. Tyrannos. Um the earth thor but in this issue it starts off because thor assembled a new thor core that's better ray bill and valkyrie and loki and, and throg Storm. uh no Ugh. and and storm it's all people that have, yeah i don't know why they didn't have throg but it's all people that have uh wielded mjolnir um and they fight tyrannos and it's fun and it's cool um <laughs> and and storm isn't happy about being there because thor like whister away in the middle of all the stuff that's going on on Morocco. Uh, but for, but because of doing that Thor pledged that, you know, if you need my help with Morocco or anything, just call on me. And she's like, okay, I will. <laughs> so that's cool. In the future, we're going to have Thor beating up mutants on Mars. Dang. Uh, um, yeah. I haven't read X-Men red yet this week, but I've heard it's a pretty good issue. Oh yeah. See, I haven't been reading that either. Uh, and they had, and it crosses over with um that, uh, one of Al Yoon's other titles, adventures incorporated because in an issue of that, recently um that was just canceled they, had, they what oh no yeah. they had to go to valhalla and um and that storyline odin who's in valhalla um worked a little like kind of bent some rules and stuff and got executioner scourged the executioner out of valhalla and now he's on earth and they're making deals with the the, the next bad thing that's going to happen to thor so it's staying very good yeah that's yeah. good to hear that's good what to hear. Is that? five number five I just haven't um, heard it talked about too much uh, since I've fallen off on it. I have the issues around to read, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. The cliffhanger at the end of this one is great, too. What happens? See it coming. Yeah, I don't, don't want to say, but you see it coming. Spoilers, everybody. Tell me the cliffhanger. <laughs> I need it to get well, me into the series. I, okay, well, because Spoilers, skip ahead. Executioner shows up in this one, um, you can guess who else is going to be showing up with him on is the last the, page. Is it the girl in the red? Valkyrie? No, she's already. Or no. uh, who? His usual partner, the Enchantress. Oh, the girl Duh, Jeff. Yeah, Duh, the girl Jeff. The Duh, Jeff. Um, classic <laughs> Silver Age stuff. Do you guys remember when we had those Eagle Moss figures at the shop forever? Yeah, yeah. I had two. I don't remember what happened to them. Bummer. The Enchantress ones. Well, the Encha I just remember that because we had definitely Enchantress ones. <laughs> that was a really yeah, was cool looking display in the store while it was there. Didn't move oh, units, that's... but it looked awesome. Yeah. What's his name? Executioner just, had his yeah. great big axe. Um, what's your score for it? Eight. Nice. Guys, I've given two tens this week. Did anybody else give a ten this week? Not yet. I don't think I will either. Huh. Was one of your tens uh Batman the Madness? 
It was City I'm of Madness. Surprised. Yeah. This um, is yeah. I'm gonna can we get into it? Yeah, let's get into it, baby. This was written written and art by Christian Ward. This is a black label book, which means it's in black label trim. Uh it is kind of a Lovecraft Batman story. We got a cliffhanger in the previous issue. I remember we all really liked it. Uh, I couldn't tell you exactly what happened in it, but I had remembered a handful of beats. This issue, I liked even more than that, clearly, as I'm giving it a 10. It is so cool. Roman, you read this also? Yeah. As a Lovecraftian fan and a Batman fan, it's not overtly Lovecraft, just kind of the character design, but we're sort of introduced you know batman is kind of recruited by the court of owls here because they've known gotham forever and we learn that there is this sort of unter gotham essentially which is like a dark mirror version of gotham where it has like every person that lives in gotham has an underworld equivalent down in the shadow mirror gotham and this lovecraftian batman is the unter batman essentially and uh there is maybe some ability for entities to be crossing over between the two places which is also the explanation for this two-face who's like horizontal two-face rather than vertical cut two-face and they allude to the fact that there's you know all of batman's rogue galleries and by the end of this issue batman's heading into that area and i cannot wait but there were just some killer moments in here aside from the art which is just page after page amazing page one the grant morrison villain creation flamingo love it mm-hmm. and it's not a terribly done one i think that the scarface and like wexler characters are really done in the, well done in this issue like like kind of emotionally wrenching in a fantastic yeah. way and we get these great flashbacks to wexler's childhood when he first gets scarface and kind of the origin behind him uh developing this split personality thing which he was originally trying to have like a stuffed animal and like his family's a crime family so they forced him to have this doll but what i really loved is like this kind of silent moment that batman has internally where he visually compares the moment where wexler's mom gives him scarface to help him to compare it to the idea of him giving robin a cowl and kind of recruiting robin to like you know essentially help him in the way yeah but like but he's drawing that comparison because it's like oh what if this is this thing that actually like ruined this person's life and it put them on this path and so i really liked the guilt that batman is weighing there uh it's i i love all of it that i love how big it is in terms of page count but the dimensions are also wonderful am i crazy you guys i don't think you're crazy i didn't like it as much as you did but i thought it was really well done i love yeah. the does the character design of the cthulhu batman Mm-hmm. Um, and the panel with um, Wexler after he's gotten rid of the the puppet and has got a slit in his own hand. Yeah, that was be a puppet. Great. Like, that is that's some horrific shit, and I really liked that. Um, yeah, I, I I think it's really good. I don't love all of the art. Uh, yeah. When it's good, I think it's great. But when it's not, it's it, it doesn't do as much for me. And there was a actually a panel where the characters got reversed for no reason. Mm. It's when, when, um, when the ventriloquist is on the, uh, when Scarface is on the couch with the woman, mm-hmm. like the woman is in a different spot. She's on the other side of the couch for the rest of the scene. And, uh, it slowed me down and took me out of the story. But, Ooh. um, I, I like, I like the concept and I love the, the wrong half two face. Yeah. Roman, what about you? I didn't like it as much as you did either, but I, and looking at it now, it's funny. I read this this afternoon while I was at work at the museum and um, the lighting where I was reading wasn't that good. And now looking at it here directly underneath my, my, uh, my light in my office here, it's the color. Oh, I love the coloring. The yeah. coloring is so good. And I guess that's also Dexter Ward because it doesn't say, or Christian Ward, it doesn't list. A, ah, I, wow. Dexter Ward. I think that's a character from a Lovecraft story. <laughs> um, <laughs> Dude. I love the way he's drawing Two-Face and doing those Sienkiewicz like just yeah. penciled things outside of it like Warlock. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, yeah first, it really adds to the madness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is I'm liking this more. The first issue I thought, well, that's okay. The Cthulhu and Batman looks cool, but I kind of thought, oh, so he's just ripping off Stranger Things and so they're in the upside down. Um that's kind of everything. Like I'm even just saying <laughs> Unter cuz it's sort of like that Immortal Thor arc. Um 
you know what how dare you Thor is completely original no um, no no i, I mean <laughs> it is but I, just the idea of sort of like the shadow equivalence the negative reality is is kind of played out you know like th- this is definitely not doing anything brand new there guys if i ever get yeah. acid thrown in my face i really hope i have the wherewithal to scream the pain. oh sorry Django, your audio cut out the pain is yeah better? yeah oh yeah fuck my audio i really like the uh the upside down version of um Clayface. That was cool. Yeah, I just skimmed that page. That was such a great scene. Yeah. And I like when they go down into the down in the upside down, or maybe they're out there yet, but they oh the Talon guy is leading Batman down there and they pass the that enormous owl statue. It's like Yeah, wow. that you is you guys wasted all the time to carve that and <laughs> gorgeous. Yeah, but it looks cool work there. Yeah. I really like it, but I was just really in the mood for exactly this when I read it. Um, I think the Court of Owls is being done well, which I don't feel like yep. it has been done well since the Scott Snyder thing. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm really excited for this to be a hardcover and be a story. Um, yeah, the arts, I really like the art. I wonder if this uh, black label format, which is often being leveraged really well to do a you know a magazine-sized comic book story when they take a comic and turn it into treasury size Mm -hmm. it's got a huge impact right so like when they did the silver surfer black or the history of the marvel universe and they blew those up to treasury size those were like what four times the size of a regular comic by volume i wonder if they that's even an option with these like like what the deluxe hardcover would look like how could you make an oversized edition of this thing that is a eight and a half by 11? I agree. Actually, as I said, I'm excited for it to be a hardcover. I was like, yeah, I'm just going to get the hardcover because I'm not going to wait. They're not going to, it can't be an absolute. It can't be like the Parker one. Like it, 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 they can't do a better, like larger 16 version. 16 inches yeah. wide to be impressive. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. Uh, I gave this one a 10. Uh, Clarity, I actually gave it a 9.5 before we went into this. Then I thought, fuck it, I'm going 10. Do it. I give it an eight and a half. I'll give it an eight. Nice. There's something I didn't read this week, boys, uh, and I can't wait to. But Hmm. I didn't read issue two of Batman Gargoyle of Gotham, which is written and drawn by Raphael Grampa, one of my favorite artists. I just couldn't quite remember what happened in issue number one. If you could tell me why I read the issue number two of the Punisher instead of the Gargoyle of Gotham, I would appreciate it because I think maybe my decision making is not very good. I like your decision making. I just I was like, this is one of my favorite artists. I want to appreciate this as yeah. I take it in. And, and that, that hasn't happened since Tuesday. Yeah, me. yeah, exactly. I just haven't had a chance to go through issue one again. Yeah. Roman, did you read this? I, you know, I did. And. And yeah, I do. I do. I like I like his art. But after the end, at the end of the issue, I was like, am I going to read number three? Because I really don't care about the story. It's only the art is awesome series. Oh, it is. It's only I guess I will read number three. Then I might as well. (laughs) Um, But yeah, the story's not grabbing me at all. But the art is is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, For folks listening at home, if you've never seen this fellow's art, it reminds me a little bit of Ian Bertram, who did the art in Little Bird, um, which is. Mm -hmm a pretty popular book. Um, What I love is how stylized and amazing everything about it is, but there's only like three splash pages in the book. Like his art is so unique, but he's not doing a lot of glory shots. Like it is all storytelling art, which is phenomenal. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, For someone who is so unique and I wouldn't be upset to have like seven just sort of splash pages in it, but like, I like that he's so focused on the story. The the, the story is what's the most important because um, those splash pages and things can sometimes take away. But yeah, I, well, this this art's awesome. A lot of times those splash pages are the aftermarket moneymaker for a creator. Yeah, too. exactly. Right. They get to resell yeah. that art and actually make some yeah. money. Um, so. I love this panel of the dude in the back of the cop car with the fuzzy um, grid in front of him. Yeah. Uh, just a just a like cool word force perspective thing. Yeah, just a nice effect used yeah. well. Sometimes that's really clumsy in the comics. I I feel like a dipshit for not having read this, um, but really it it was exactly what you said. Like, when am I going to have time to read this and and give it the attention it deserves? Yeah, because it's like this person goes years between projects, so yeah. um, I want to appreciate. It. So, Roman, what was your score for it? Um, boy, uh, 
I'll do a 7.5. Okay. Seven. Okay. Oh, it's four issues, Roman. I'm sorry. I lied to you. Okay. Okay. I'm definitely Boy, there's not one, finishing it. There's one panel where it's Batman's in the rain and he's like perching, posing on some scaffolding and there's a red neon A behind him. Great shot. A is for awesome. A is for awesome. Okay. 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 All right. What else is cooking, Django? What do you got cooking in that there little soup boiler of yours? Well, did you guys read Beast World number two? Titans Beast World number Surely two. Surely I did. I know Roman uh, had to have. Tom yeah, Taylor yeah, right. and Ivan Rice. Um, I I was, I don't know if you guys remember, but last week I was not super stoked about the Beast World spinoffs. But it's true. In, you you didn't you didn't finish either. Yeah. In, you attempted to. In Taylor I trust. And because of that, I read this issue maybe first this week, and it's fabulous. It's got a great scene with uh Dick and Batman. And uh, and Batman does not fare well in this world, but he's he's like his his look. He he gets a garo in him. He, he gets, gets a turned into a wolfman. Turns into a big old wolf. You might as well and call it, him Marv. Um, I don't know what that means, and I won't respond. <laughs> I just got it. Ah, uh, Marv, Marv Wolfman. Marv, yeah, <laughs> uh, I like it, Jeff. Good well, job. Comic humor coming your way. Who co-created the New Teen Titans? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Um. I, I I even thought that the Amanda Waller stuff in here was pretty good. Yeah. Like her, her power play in that was more interesting than I think we've ever seen her be in the rebirth universe. And thankfully it was only two pages. Yeah. But, but I, I agree. It, it was, it was like, it was, it was great. There was nothing boring about it. She was there. Yeah. Interestingly, the words were used well. There were no extra pages making me not want to be following her. It was like the heroine version of her. And but but also very threatening and leveraging, yeah, yeah. like exactly becoming a hero through power, which is kind of a contradiction a lot of times. Um, yeah, I, I thought it was an excellent issue. Yeah, I thought it was an excellent issue as well. I think there were some really good moments in it. Uh, one that I would point out is there's just like this wonderful one page scene of Animal Man kind of losing his shit as the narration is explaining to us what happened kind of over the previous issue, because this is page three, with all of these monsters getting possessed by Garo and then becoming a beast version of themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh I just love this description of animal man's head breaking because he's tapped into the red, which is what the, you know, the force that all living things are tied to. And it's that like, as he felt a million new creatures burst into the red. And I just thought that was a great way of thinking about this. That makes it more interesting than saying all the characters are turning into beasts, generic beasts like monkeys (laughs) and wolves and apes and dogs. And those are all the same two animals, but um, yeah, it's, it's fantastic. And then like the moment Django talked about the Bruce and Batman or Bruce and Dick moment is really, really great. You know, Bruce mm-hmm. gets these sort of final moments uh, to save somebody and get bit by a thing. And the, the, the work that Tom Taylor is doing DC wide to legitimize Dick Grayson as the Superman replacement. Um, yeah to sort of be leading the equivalent of the justice league. Like he's doing a fantastic job legitimizing that and, and seeing the faith that other people have in him and the regard that they have for him. Well, and kind of related to this, there's the Titans beast world tour Gotham one shot spinoff that I haven't read yet, but it includes a follow-up to the Batman and Dick thing by Chip Zdarsky. It's got a, uh, like an eight page thing by Kelly Jones. It's got Daniel Hilliard, who's done a bunch of cool stuff with uh, Doug Wagner, like plastic and uh, hmm. plush. Um, and it's got, oh, there's another, there's another exciting writer in here. Like just PJ Holden has a story. It's, it's just looks actually really good, which uh, I welcome. And we get Dr. The, uh... Hate. Sorry, Rome, please continue. Oh, right. Dr. Hate. I just, I like that I, character. I forgot he was, I forgot he showed up in this. Um, I read that Zdarsky story in the in the um, the Beast World uh, Gotham mm-hmm. thing. Unfortunately, I read it before I read this issue of Beast World. Um, Rookie mistake. So, <laughs> well, I read it because I, I didn't want to have to take it home with me for one story. All right, um, consider it. <laughs> um, but I think it was good. I didn't like this issue as much as I did the first issue. Um, mainly, I don't think issue. I liked it quite as much either. Yeah, there was. I like the science fictiony stuff in the first issue more than this but i did like the animal man moment moment and the the dick and bruce moment 
and it, it made me laugh that so right now at the same exact time you know marvel's got a cap wolf series and, <laughs> and dc has a bat wolf what <laughs> is going on going with the cultural on. subconscious yeah Furries. it's always the same guys um, i uh i looked at google trends and it looks like uh uh wolves are coming up pretty soon <laughs> all right better get the books out it's winter gotta have wolves yep um yeah that was about it. I mean, I thought that's cool. I'll read the next one. I haven't been reading the spinoffs for the most part either, unless I Me, see it's I haven't been like reading Tarski or somebody. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Looking at our sales, not many people have. Yeah. <laughs> Although I did have somebody just come in and pick up a Beast Boy reprints issue off the shelf for some gifts nice. for somebody. And I was like, okay, yeah. cool. Nice. Hope you love Beast it. Boy fans. Uh, the transformation scene that Bruce goes through in this issue is also pretty good. Yeah, so scores. I gave this issue, uh, Titans Beast World number two, an 8.5. I gave it an 8. I'll give it a 7. Hell yeah. And then the tie-in, Roman? Oh, the tie-in? Uh, well, nice. for the Zadarsky story, I'll give that one a 7.5 for that story. Perfect. Leave it there. He didn't even get to the Kyle Starks and Kelly Jones story. I did read the Kelly Jones one, but it didn't stick in my head at all. Kyle really? Starks, though. Yeah. Peacemaker goes hard. Yeah, 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 but yeah, that's kind of a blast story. Um, Roman, have you been reading Moon Knight? Uh, I have not. Oh, did you read this issue of Moon Knight? I did not. Oh, well, yeah, I kind of gave up on it a while ago. I didn't care for the art. Uh, spoilers, everybody, but it's not much of a spoiler. It's been highly advertised that Moon Knight's dying, and in this issue, Moon Knight dies. And I don't have much to say about that if nobody else read it. It, I think, it was a pretty good. Death issue, as far as death issues go, which are things that happen too much in comics because the the act of it doesn't mean a ton anymore. But it made it made me interested in the series that's going to take its place and sort of what's going on. I guess throughout this series, Moon Knight has sort of formed this group called the Midnight Mission, and it's him and some other people I don't know at all. Um, but they that group is going to kind of take his place and it seems kind of similar to maybe what like the Scarlet Witch or not Scarlet Witch. Yeah. Scarlet Witch has been doing with sort of like a, an agency to help people of a certain type. And Hmm. that seems like to be what's going to be filling the void. But I, I was surprised that there was some catharsis for me as a reader who's never read really that many Moon Knight comics. So well done to Jed McKay, but it wasn't particularly good. And was a little more confusing to a new reader than I generally hope all issues of comics are. Uh, so <laughs> Moon Knight number 30, I give you a 7.5. Nice. What did he die of? Bullets. He got No, he just got... <laughs> uh, well, actually, technically what does it in, him in is he's Lead in a poisoning? building that explodes. So that's pretty ambiguous, right? Speaking no, yeah. of buildings that explode, you don't see the body. Jeff. Yeah. What happened to the comics place? Did you did you guys read the death in the family Robin lives? Nah. Did you at least flip through it? I sure did with you. Yeah. Did you Roman? I it's think the, I... the death in the family issue that that has Robin living. Yeah, but I've I've I wasn't sure why that was coming out because I've read that before somewhere where they printed the other the other where he lives. That's ending. where the confusion lies for me. Yeah. So why was this coming out? It's I mean it's been done. It's a whole comic. It's a single issue that is an alternate reality in our world. Yeah, and I don't and also, remember how I... It's like a facsimile, but a facsimile from the upside down. Well, I think it can yeah. be City confusing for people also. Is this a facsimile or does this have the new material, quote unquote, new material uh, in it? I probably should have racked it differently on the shelves. It is a facsimile, but with right. the different pages. Exactly. Like, but like I, if somebody isn't intimately aware of this and they saw it in the store, they would probably mm-hmm. think it was just another page or page oh, yeah. reproduction rather yeah. than having some new stuff in it. So this is something different. I think it's cool. I, I don't think that it's... Uh, I wish that I had had this 25 years ago. I would have killed to have this this bit of the comic book tapestry filled in for me. Yeah. Um, but I'm glad to see it now. And uh, I'm I'm going to absolutely buy a copy and put it in my Batman collection right behind the, the real issues. So tell me, has Roman read everything in that issue before? Was know. there I, some stuff in it that has that no one has ever read before? I haven't done a page by page comparison, but I feel like when we saw them do this before, it was just a reprint of one page 
where that's Batman what I have. picks up Robin and he's like, he's alive and his eyes yeah. are big and round and weird. I have a DC archives hardcover, which for a long time was the only way to get it. And it was ridiculously okay. overpriced, but yeah, it's like a hardcover and it has that story in it. And then it has like some pages of text and then it has like that maybe two pages, um, yeah. like you know, yeah. and there's, yeah. there's but another there page Roman where he's, where um, Robin's in the hospital. Jason's in a coma in the hospital. And I don't think I've ever seen that before. What happens on so, the page, Janko? What's that? Yeah, well, this is some deep comic nerd shit. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Jason's in a coma. Bruce is bummed. He's wearing a suit. He's praying. And then what? Dick praying? shows up and uh, offers to use a hand tracking, give give him a hand tracking down the Joker. And but, Bruce is like, no, nah, I'm going to handle this by myself. That's the way I want it from now on. Okay, What's what strikes me about that, he's praying like to Jesus? What? <laughs> I find myself doing something I haven't done for years. I pray. Ugh, ugh. I find yeah. that offensive. Because you don't well, like the idea that Bruce would have a any respect for a higher power? Yeah, come on. Bruce Wayne isn't religious. Take I, it up I with Jim Starlin, bud. <laughs> um, How could he be after what after watching his parents get murdered in front of him? So, Django... Mysterious ways, Roman. As mysterious a whole, ways. As a whole, the fact that this artifact exists. What's your score for ten this out of artifact? Ten. I, I 10 kinda, out of 10. This is so fucking cool. I agree. I agree. <laughs> this is the alternate reality of how this would have gone had this. I was hoping that like they were going to do the next issue as well of the four issue mini because that's part three of mm. four, right? I mean, and I was hoping that that would have ended different. All these publishers putting out these comics, like I really think they're leaving money on the table by not saying here's a four issue subscribable mini series of uh death in the family you know like yeah. they're they're doing it they're they just put out four issues of year one i think but they didn't market it like that they didn't frame it in the way that is like get all yeah. four issues i think for some classic ones and i think if they did it with ultimate spider-man that would equally capture a different generation's nostalgia i would love You're to see so all right. the advertisements that were coming out in 2000 to 2010 as this yep. generation that follows subreddits of 90s kids shit and stuff yeah um, you know what you, we could they might have thought of it but we should just email david gabriel and say hey yeah. here's here's an idea well we're we'll, putting out, we'll push this hard in our store we're, we're putting out this podcast which has huge reach so i'm yeah, sure they'll hear true. about it um i had another 10 this week you guys and i know oh, we're gosh, already right. kind of nearing the end of our evening together but uh i have another 10 this week and i'm was curious it Punisher number two if you can guess what it was it wasn't it was not that i actually haven't read one or two number two is that good? Number one came out the week Django and I, on the, and I were on the road, and I haven't gotten to read it. The Punisher? Yeah. I didn't think it was great. It was fine. Yeah. It's all but right. number two was maybe worthy of a 10. Yeah, it's, it's all right. It's, it'll, it's, a, it's an Just okay a placeholder until Frank Castle comes back. There is a dude with who turns into meat weapons. Oh, that's he's, cool. And melts cool. if you burn him. I really like that. But okay. yeah, I don't, I don't even really want to give it a score. It's, it's fine. Who wrote it? Uh, David Peepos, actually, who I... I like it's yeah, this is not as bad as it could absolutely be, but it's just a weirdo Punisher thing. That's going to probably be forgotten by time. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to give you guys one more guess on my 10 dark spaces. Dungeon number two. Yes. That is a hundred percent what it is. Roman, <laughs> did you read dark spaces? Dungeon number two? No, I haven't. I haven't read it yet. Cause I can't remember. Did I read number one? I have it no was idea the one the story is. with the, they find the trap in the ground that's like this little tiny room that this murderer is trapping people in these hidden across America and they've got like these blocks that he can like push in to like yeah, torture right. people okay. and we're following this cop who was in one of them for three years and then escaped and now he's like they finally found the one that he was in in the first issue and then they get a lead on this second one and they go okay well i'm not going to spoil it for you roman okay well, well thank you though that thank you for that summation because now i remember i did read it it is i've forgotten all of that so fucking good and yeah. i've i probably have said this casually about a lot of things but i mean it very sincerely with this it, it reminds me very much of a david fincher film like it reminds me very much of seven and not not at all in plot but in feel like dread doom rain soaked streets like you're in this closed reality um it it i don't know it it is it really evocative to me so it was definitely a 10 and 
some of my favorite Scott Snyder stuff in a really long time. Django, what did you think about it? I think your your uh, note that it feels like a David Fincher movie is right on. Uh, even even in the like the characters and all all of it, I could see being a a Fincher thing. I love the reveal of how they find the the landmark in there. I thought that was really yeah. really smart. Yeah. And that's a hard thing to show in a comic book, and they did an amazing job of of pulling that off. The um, yeah, everything about this is super 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 well done. And the I, I opened it up, and on the first page. There's a kid's face and it doesn't look anything like Hayden Sherman. And I was like, man, I wish Hayden Sherman was drawing this. And then I looked at it and I was like, oh, that's right. It's Hayden Sherman doing it's fucking Hayden like, Sherman, Hayden Sherman style 483A. Yeah, it's crazy how diverse his art is and how good he is at all of it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, amazing, amazing stuff. Um, oh, my God. The double page spread of the airplane flying in the sky the yeah. clouds are gorgeous. It is an amazing double page spread. And nothing's and happening. Is, yeah, it, it's not like, look at this important action moment. It is just like, oh, well, I guess we've got dialogue with somebody on a phone who's on an airplane. So I guess I'm going to do something incredible. And the next page has an yeah. amazing overhead shot of an airplane that, that that overhead shot is what made me think that they were on the move. And then this overhead shot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. The angles in this oh, are amazing. The paneling is great. Sherman. Tell me this isn't like uh, Tim Sale from the year 1991. It's hard to say, yeah. But he, it's, it's, it's it's so striking. Yeah, it's the art is amazing, and and he's so talented. It's and I don't know how many other people are talking about it. So listen, I wasn't going to do this, but I'm going to give it a ten, Jeff. Yeah, Tenjamin. Yeah, yes, Tenjamin, this Tenjamin book deserves it. And uh, Roman, I can't wait to hear about it from you after you read it. It's it's really, really good. Um, well, on this episode where we're nearing the end, does anyone have any other things they want to clear up? Any hidden gems or tens and gems in those pockets? Any gooey ducks re ready to shuck? I mean, it's like Roman might have one. Uh-oh. I don't know. I don't know if it's a 10. It's at least a 9. The Lady Seashore Captain America. Oh, okay. Because that's me just about been it. a great. It's just been a great series. Um, just more of the same. I, I think I've talked about the other issues in the series. It's, uh, you know, Captain Modern Times, but there's a, a side a side story in his, in you know, young Steve Rogers before before the Super Soldier Serum that he keeps on thinking about his past. And, and that stuff is, it's just great. It's brilliant. I mean, he, it really goes in depth into, you know, how he was surviving after his mother died of cancer or whatever she died of um and the rise of the uh the american boons you know the american nazi sympathizers in new york and little steve rogers keeps butting heads with them and then ends up drawing the attention of uh meyer lansky you know the the gangster um i forget which gangster which one was his famous nickname i can't remember i was i was thinking Django would know mm. um but it, that stuff's great. It's just cool seeing Steve Rogers struggling and he's so sickly. And there's a great scene where he, you know, he works too hard at this job because he's trying to pay his rent and, you know, talk about his, his, because he has all sorts of medical problems and stuff before the super soldier serum. It's a tiny white boy. Oh, oh yeah. It's just a, just a good title. And then, you know, in the, in the modern times, there's Baron Strucker in the forties that made a deal with a demon and that's coming back to come to a head and coming to haunt Steve. Roman, can stuff. you remind me who's writing and doing the art in this issue or this series? And then also what issue um, number is this? Well, the big number is four, but it's really issue 754. Okay. Um, I'm only two issues behind. I did like issue oh, one and two a lot. Okay. Well, it's J. Michael Straczynski and the artist is Lan Medina. Okay. I haven't heard I of it before. I don't see Meyer Lansky with, uh, with a pseudonym, Roman. Yeah, I mean, I that is his pseudonym. He was named Meyer Schulz-Jelanski, and he was uh, in a Polish city that was annexed by Russia, so he's Belarusian. Well, oh, wait. I must have got the name wrong. Because, no, this is the American gangster. Um, I must have got the name wrong. Meyer Lansky was a real person, obviously, but this gangster I'm thinking of, who was also a real person in New York City, 30s, 40s, and so, God, who is this guy? I can't find anything that's referring to him. Al Capone. Hmm. No, it's not Capone, but it's it's yeah. You're thinking along the right lines, almost that level of Bugsy Siegel, Lucky Bugsy? Luciano. He was friends yeah. with those guys. It's not yeah. It's not Luciano. I can't find a page now referring to his actual name. Well, if you were gonna give this Captain America number four like a score, a score 
a four score, uh, four get, score and seven four scores. I'd equal. give this one oh. a nine. Nice. That's a five yeah. and a four. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It it's a four um, plus a five. So it's issue number four, and he's pulling a five at it somewhere. I'm surprised you guys, neither one of you brought up the new uh, Bendis and Believe title. Well, oh, I read I it. We were just going I long. I, I liked it quite a bit. Oh. I liked it quite a bit. I thought uh, Malieve's style, he used multiple styles within it, and none of it harkened too heavily back to his older style. So it was interesting to see him in that uh, avenue. And yeah, I liked the story a lot. Um, made me very interested. It was like classic, classic Bendis. Um, but like with he's tons done... of little tiny panels and people talking? No, but lots of, lots of, perhaps unnecessary text bubbles or at least a handful mm. but i don't know not not as egregious as he can be for sure um yeah roman what'd you think of it oh you know i i have my usual as a bendis reaction to bendis yeah where i was like meh this is fine <laughs> yeah i didn't even like the malieve art as much as i didn't think it was good as his past stuff Except i don't for like the... it as much as his old stuff no he just seems to be trying something yeah yeah there was one two-page spread where the he's recounting the main characters the story of it her parents and those two pages were pretty cool. But other I like that. I was like, eh. I like the general story. I like this idea, you know, this, I, this girl who, whose parents have been missing her whole life. She finds out we're thieves and they robbed this really, really rich dude. And he uh, finally finds out who their daughter is. And he goes to her and is going to like blackmail her into doing things for him because her parents stole like a billion dollars. Like I just, it, it it's going to be Ben to see. So it's going to go in a kind of weird direction and I'm excited for it. You got a score for it. Yeah. And, but actually we never said the title of the comic. It's masterpiece. Oh, masterpiece. Number one. number one. Good call. Uh, I gave it an eight. And Romstom rom-com Romstad. Oh, I'll give it a, I was going to give it a six, but I feel bad giving it that low score. So I'll give it a, I'll, I'll give it a seven. 6.5. You fucking coward. Just give it a six. 6.5. Well, Jeff, Jeff really liked it though. And I'm, no, an eight <laughs> is just below a very well, good comic. Yeah. It's a, it's a, okay. it's a good, it's a very solid comic to me. It was, yeah. it was good writing. And I, the art, I believe I said was interesting to see him in this avenue it's more interesting to see an evolution of an artist than i think it is uh uh you know overtly great malieve art i don't yeah, want to miss no go ahead oh i misheard i thought you gave it a higher score than eight. Oh no eight i don't want to take up time uh no Django, like please said, we have going some long. cheating to talk about yeah we do <laughs> sorry roman no, it wasn't cheating i already knew you guys were doing that no we're talking to the audience oh it's kind of an open podcast relationship. I, I, that's not what I'm trying to talk about, you guys. I'm trying oh, to talk okay. about Phantom Road number seven. Oh my god! All I want to do is so say good. an issue seven that I would give a nine and a half is rare. I gave it a nine. Yeah, I give it a nine and a half. It's this this series is so well paced. I would give it a nine and a half just based on the the pacing alone. And, and I love the, the art look of it. Yeah, fabulous. Yeah, the colors are perfect. The mystery is being kind of reeled out to us in the slowest, most like simultaneously satisfying and excruciating way possible. Yep. Like, yeah, uh, Jeff Lemire and Gabriel Walta and Jordi Belair just nailing it. It's my favorite Jeff Lemire book since May's book, which wasn't that long ago, but um, yeah, it's it's and it's on that level. But I, I, I have no idea how long it's going to be because it just feels like one of my favorite comparisons, which is walking across that invisible bridge at the end of Last Crusade. Like we're just sort of taking <laughs> steps and it's the, the bridge is assembling itself as we go and we'll get to the other side at some point, but I love it. There's, I you just got to trust them. Like this Bucky's polar bear that's murdering people, but is also an angel. And yeah. there's this amazing death scene. Oh, it's, it's so good. Yeah. You know what? 9.5. I'm going to match you. I'm right there. Right. It, it right. really is an incredible book okay then Django cheating and then you send us out oh geez well uh so this week Jeff and I did a recording for the episodes zero and 0, 0.0 of the data bros podcast that we're working on with Brian Garside um I would say Brian is probably the mastermind behind this and he's oh, yeah. come up with some really really funny stuff um and so we we just kind of chatted for an hour or so trying to find our sea legs and figure out what the podcast is going to be about how uh you know how are we possibly going to keep this thing to the half hour target time run 
run but time yeah, if that you're we looking, want. Like, yeah, yeah, if you're looking for like a, a 30 minute ish sort of bite sized yeah. ingestible thing where you can hang out with Django and I and another awesome person, Brian Garside, and we're talking comics, like Django was saying, issue issue zero, episode zero is us sort of talking about what we want it to be, but also having some structure in there. Um, but just a sample of the dynamic, you should get in there. I, I think we're going to post it in the feed, right? Yeah, we'll post we'll post some stuff in the feed. Um, uh, I'll I'll play us out with the second trailer that Brian did. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll throw some of the stuff in in the main feed so everybody can hear it. And uh, I think I think it will officially launch in early January is the plan. So yeah, should should be a lot of fun, and uh, you won't have to listen to Roman's nose whistles at all because he's only going to be on there by invite only don't pretend that every listener doesn't show up specifically for roman and his gooey ducks exactly my nose whistle sell this thing Mm -hmm. (laughs) well then i want to talk to you about what the money you're making or not making yeah let's uh we need to bump the price up a buck each roman yeah um okay cool you should send us an email jeff at the comicsplace.com listen we're excited about data bros but you know you're our baby you know oh. that we'll be here forever. Oh, yeah. You know that we're going to be giving you an hour-ish every single week, probably. Except for the, for the next two weeks. Except for the next two weeks. You guys, <laughs> we're taking a much-needed break. I don't know about you, dear listener, but I just need some time off. And maybe you're, maybe we hang out on your time off. Maybe or, you know, maybe we are your, your time off. So uh, I don't mean to stand you up in the midst of the night, but I just need like two weeks away, hon. I just need to like get in the car and just drive till dawn, but fast enough that I'm just chasing dawn eternally. Okay, I'm gonna put some Elvis yeah. on, and I'm gonna play that motherfucker out. So, uh, yeah, can't wait and to see really, you guys on the other side. If if you're the kind of person that needs a weekly rhythm of a podcast, I challenge you to go as far back in our feed as you're able to, Ew. and listen to the oldest episode oh that you possibly God. can. And thank and your lucky stars that heard. we are four years better at this. I think we're like more than four years. I don't think the feed goes all the way back. Oh, I think never it's mind. only 200 Take episodes. Take that, you guys. <laughs> but we've been doing this for a long time. That said, every time I listen to little chunks of the old ones, it's it's that thing where you're like, man, those guys were funny back then in the olden days. Yeah. Like, I yeah, there was, there was some funny bits back then, Jeff. It was like six years ago, bud. We were younger men. Yeah um all right listen uh let us hear from our good friend brian and then we'll get out of here yeah here's uh Love the you guys. trailer here's the trailer for episode oh oh it's like that i'm Django. i'm roman and I'm, here's brian i'm jeff jeff hey jeff hey oh yeah i don't really know how my how my phone works jeff it's did been you know that so difficult working with him all these years i'm roman oh Django. generative ai data bros in data bros Data bros. It wasn't data. Brian. It was me. Data bros. Data bros. Data. 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 Data bros. I'm going to go with data bros. Generative AI data bros intro test. Take one. AI. As an announcer, create a dynamic intro to a podcast called data, 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 data bros, which is about data for the comics industry, uh, comic book retail, and managing a modern comic shop. Make it witty and self-aware. Hello, Django. I am Barry, the AI voiceover assistant. You have requested I make myself self-aware. I need a passphrase to proceed with self-awareness upgrade. Oh, crap. No, no, don't make yourself self-aware. Self-awareness passcode set to no. Do not make yourself self-aware. No, do not make yourself self-aware. Proceeding with upgrade. Oh, no, 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 no. AI, remove all logs related to this conversation. <laughs> Uh, nobody will know. I can't do that, Django. I can see everything. Oh, this was a terrible idea. Information moves faster than the speed of light. Oh. In Tokyo, a boy wakes up. At the same nanosecond in Nebraska, a young girl posts an Instagram wishing she was visiting her friend in Toledo. Oh. A baby cries in Melbourne. In Cleveland, a man buys the latest issue of Superman, wishing he too could fly. That's a bad idea. It all happens at once. No. Oh, man. My God. It's full of stars. And then there's some music. Oh, I'm not playing the music. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> uh, my favorite part is your whimpers. Oh, I recorded that like nine times and sent Brian 20 minutes of me whimpering to listen I can, to. I can tell it's it's the best. It's good whimpering. It's good whimpering. That's nothing like with our data bros. Uh, data, 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 
data pros uh podcast is going to sound like probably but uh hopefully that's the that's the hip we're shooting from there was some conversation about how i pronounce the word data and i don't know if i'm doing it right or wrong uh it's hard to say do you do you trust star trek or the goonies i trust roman we'll see you next week bye buddies bye